They're going to read Psalm 17 for us. So we're going to have Harlan and then Kennedy and then Archer. All right, so if you look up Psalm 17, you can read along with us. Lord, hear me, because I ask for what is right. Listen to me, cry for help. Hear my prayer, I doesn't come from lips that tell lies. When you hand down your sentence, may it be in my favour. May your eyes see what is right. Look deep down into my heart. Study my no, study me carefully at night and t- test me. You don't find anything wrong. I have planned something evil. My mouth has not said sinful things. Though evil people tried to pay me to do wrong, I have not done what they wanted. Instead, I have done what you commanded. My steps have stayed on your path. My feet have not slipped. My God, I call out to you because you will answer me. Listen to me, hear my prayer. Show me the wonders of your great love by using your great power. You save those who go to you for safety from their enemies. Take good care of me just as you would take care of your own two eyes. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Save me from the sinful people who want to destroy me. Save me from the deadly animals who are all around me. They make their hearts stubborn and hard. Their mouths speak with pride. They have tracked me down. They are all around me. Their eyes watch for a chance to throw me to the ground. They are like a hungry lion waiting to attack. They are, they are like a powerful lion hiding in the bushes. Lord, rise up. Oppose them and bring them down. With your sword, save me from those evil people. Lord, by your power, save me from people like that. They belong to this world. They get their reward in this life. May what you have stored up for evil people fill their bellies. May their children's stomachs be filled with it. And may there even be leftovers for their little ones. You will show that I am right. I will enjoy your blessing. When I wake up, I will be satisfied because I see you. Thank you very much. Normally we would have some lovely play by the kids at this time of year or some kids awkwardly dancing to some cheesy song us grown-ups picked out. Oh, wait, we did that. (laughs) Um, But this year, you're stuck with me. This year, I have had the pleasure of teaching your children about the gospel, what it is and how God uses all of us to spread it, despite our weaknesses and our failings. We have learned about some amazing heroes called missionaries who put themselves in unfamiliar sometimes uncomfortable and even unsafe situations to bring the gospel to groups of people who may never have heard it before. We have learned about the power of the gospel in Acts, its ability to spread and thrive in a harsh and sceptical world. 
We have learned about the lengths that people have gone to, like Stephen the martyr, to ensure that the truth about God be known. We even learned about Paul, a man who loved God but didn't understand who Jesus was. Once he understood the gospel, the good news about who Jesus was, he was transformed and became an absolute warrior for the word. God's word is so powerful that it has lasted thousands of years and is still referred to today as the leading authority on God. Most maths textbooks I know barely make it 10 years before they're at the bottom of a recycling bin, so. 1 Peter 3, 15 to 16 says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behaviour in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. This passage has challenged and inspired me in the years since becoming a Christian. I have always been outspoken. My parents can attest to this fact. They're in the front row this morning. I have never had trouble speaking my mind or giving people a piece of it. The with gentleness and respect part was always my problem. Um, but whether or not we are preachers, teachers, or outright evangelists, the way we live our life should set us apart from others, prompting people to ask, why? Romans 12, 9-21 says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. These things are all counterintuitive to how society says to live our lives. If we truly live this way, then people will ask why, and what will be your answer? This year, we've been teaching the kids in Kingdom Kids what the gospel is and how to express it. It's one of the most powerful tools we have at our disposal as Christians. I just want to share with you some things I say to people when they ask me about the hope I have. My answer usually consists of a few main points. One, that God created everything. Our world is so intricately put together, I struggle to believe it was random or luck. The world was made to be perfect and good. Which brings me to my second point. The world is a sinful and broken place. All you need do is turn on the news, scroll through your Facebook feed or your For You page on TikTok. Yeah, that's right, I'm here. 
Um, to see the brokenness in our world. Ever since Adam and Eve first decided to disobey God's clear instructions because they thought they knew better, humanity has doomed themselves to this fate. Our world is now full of people who want to fix what is broken, but no one can seem to agree on how to fix it. Everyone thinks they've got the solution. Number three, sin breaks our relationship with God. Most people will agree that the world is a broken and messed up place. Less people are willing to believe or admit that they are broken and messed up. When I talk about heaven with the kids upstairs, I say, heaven is a perfect place for perfect people. Is anybody here perfect? Now, there's, there's always at least one or two kids who put their hand up to be a, you know, a little smart aleck. Um, but at our core, even our kids know that they're not perfect. But it scares people. It really scares people to think that anything less than perfection is not good enough for heaven. And so they choose not to believe that. And that can be a real stumbling block when trying to proclaim the gospel to people because they think they don't need it. It makes heaven unattainable on its own. But that is kind of the point, isn't it? We need saving. This is another big stumbling block for a lot of people. I know it was for me. We convince ourselves that we can be our own saviour, that if we're good enough or if we're talented enough um, or if we have a good enough job or if, you know, we have a, a nice family with the big house and the or if we give all our money away to charity, there's just, we convince ourselves that we can be our own saviour. That we're a good enough person and that's enough. It doesn't matter if I'm not perfect. I didn't kill anybody, right? So how could I end up anywhere but heaven? It's a hard reality to face when you realise that you're not perfect and you can't earn your way into heaven. And I think just about everybody in this room has had that moment. Number five, Jesus is all I need. I often ask the kids questions like, why do we get to go to heaven? And many of them will reply with, because Jesus died on the cross. Great answer. But like that annoying kid in the back row, I go, well, yeah, but why? And they'll say something like, to pay for our sins. And again, good answer, but like that really annoying kid in the back row, I go, well, yeah, but how? And the answers kind of stop there. They're not really sure. And that's fair. It's a hard question, I think, for us to wrap our heads around. It's hard for people to understand how someone dying and coming back to life saved everyone else. I mean, Doctor Who's been doing that since the 60s, but... Even when he saves the universe, it's in trouble again the next week. So how did Jesus dying save the world forever? Well, thankfully, even though it seems hard, I think it's nice and simple. It's like a math equation. <laughs> right? Um, Jesus was perfect. He never sinned. The punishment for sin was death, which meant Jesus never had to die. He bore a punishment he need never bear, an injustice which paid the price for every sin that has been or ever will be committed. Yeah, that's the one. 
So we owe Jesus a debt we can never repay. And this has been his plan from the beginning. So his infinite sacrifice and our infinite sins kind of cancel each other out. So let's recap. Our lives should set us apart from non-Christians, prompting people to ask us about the hope and assurance we have in our own salvation. When given these opportunities, we should boldly take them and truthfully and respectfully proclaim the truth of God's salvation plan for the world and invite people to investigate and question it on their own. Because God's word is infallible. It is perfect. It is who he is. And we shouldn't be concerned when people want to question it or investigate it. If there weren't amazing Christians out there who invited questioning, I would not be a Christian today. So, Before I finish, I'd like to take this opportunity to invite people to join our Kingdom Kids team for 2021. We already have a lovely team of amazing people who've sacrificed their time this year. It's a growing team, thankfully, um, and they've allowed me to be a part of church this term because I haven't had to be up there every Sunday, even though I love it. Um, and so we are looking for more people to help us out who want to bring the word to the children of this church. And so if that's you, if that's something that's on your heart, please come see me because I'd love to talk to you about it. Right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that we can boldly proclaim it everywhere we go. Thank you that in this country we have the freedom to be able to do that without fear of prosecution. I just pray that you would give us that boldness and that courage and the, the wisdom to know how to and when to talk to people about your gospel. And I pray that you would use us in our imperfection to bring more people to you, Lord. Amen.